Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by The Beer Keller, Liverpool One. Welcome back to another episode here at A View from the Bullins. This is the post-match reaction. Everton 3, Bournemouth 0, Paul. Everton finally, finally get a home win of the season. A massive three points, a massive performance, a big three goals, a big, big clean sheet for the Toffees as well against a, a Bournemouth team that is really, really struggling. It's instant match reaction. What is your match reaction, Paul? About, about time. About time we managed to get over the line. I could an early goal. Settled the nerves, and after that, it was all. It was easy for Everton today. Bournemouth came with no threat really. They've they they've had a poor start to the season. They were poor again today, and Iriola said they were targeting that as their first win of the season. Well, yeah. there you go, mate. Come again next week. <laughs> they were poor, weren't they, Bournemouth? Yeah, I'll, they I'll give my reaction on the game. I thought first half. Uh, Everton were pretty good. They were pretty decent. I thought ultimately Bournemouth were really, really poor, and that's not taking any any credit away from Everton. Not not at all. I thought Everton can only play what's in front of you, and I thought Bournemouth were were really, really poor. They looked a team in disarray. They looked a team that didn't know their roles, didn't know their system. They looked like they're not playing for each other, and Everton took full advantage of that, and, and rightly so. And it was about time that an Everton team put a, a, a Premier League team to the sword. And, and they did that. We spoke about that in the pre-match, you know, during the week that Everton need to start not burying chances, but keeping clean sheets, punishing teams, keep your foot on the team's throats when it matters. And I thought they did that. I don't think they really gave Bournemouth much of a sniff. There was maybe a brief period in the first half where Bournemouth had a, what, five, ten minute spell. But all in all, I thought Everton were well worthy of the win. It could have been maybe four or five on another day. Obviously, you know, we hit the bar in the first half. Second half, we had some chances as well. Um 
We'll talk about the first goal, James Garner. I thought it was a really, really smart finish by James Garner. A defensive mistake from Bournemouth, granted. But he still had a lot to do when he picks up that ball. And I think that's, you know, he, he picks up the ball and he has a lot to do. He's, what, 30, 35 yards out. He drives with the ball. He can either play it to his right to Dominic Carvalho, and I think he can play it to his left to Decore. He's got a centre-half in front of him, but he, he uses the centre-half as a bit of a screen in front of the goalkeeper and bends it into the, into the bottom corner. A really, really confident player at the moment, James Garner. And it was a confident moment there for him and I thought you know it would have been easy just to maybe be unselfish and, and lay it off to someone and maybe then have a tighter angle and I, and I thought it showed a lot of bravery to take it on himself and immediately he went in you know I said that it, it showed a lot of bravery for him to do that and I thought it was a really really smart finish so I was absolutely delighted um, for, for, for James Garner and I thought he was really really good throughout to be fair um, so yeah a, a, a massive just a a massive moment. We spoke about starting games early, didn't we, Paul? We spoke about starting strong and getting that early goal. And, you know, we'd often said a few times if we felt that if Everton would maybe have scored early against Fulham or early against Luton and got the ascendancy first, we felt that Everton may have gone on to win those games. Just how important was that Was that early goal by James Garner? I think it was it was massive, obviously, because uh, as as it's been said before, and by especially by Ben on here and... Uh, the stats point, point towards that. Whenever and score first on the dice, they don't lose games. So it's always it's always important to try and get the first goal in a game and when as early as you can because that, as I said before, settles the nerves. I think Carver Lewin did really, really well for the first one too. Sort of dragged the defender a yeah, bit with did. him, which then James Garner used to sort of cave it round and pass pass Neto. And second goal is fantastic from Jack Harrison. Let's talk about that goal. Let's talk about the second yep. goal. Keeper comes out, punches it. Jack Harrison's got basically he's got a moment to think as he's on the edge of the box. He's got that split second to make that decision before Neto would get back into position. How technically hard is that goal to score? Yeah, very, very, very good goal technically. And um, some people think he may want to cross, but I think he he wants to lob that keeper Definitely, straight away. I think so, yeah. And yet I thought he was excellent today. He just gives so, he gives you so much on the ball. And off the ball, he doesn't stop running. And I think Daisy was kind of a little injury, a little knock. And to put in that performance after being his really third game since May mm. and his first start, I think that's very impressive from him. Mm. Puts in and a shift, yeah, doesn't he, Harrison? I thought first half we were a bit sloppy. We were maybe, we didn't play too well. But I've got to say second half, we were absolutely fantastic. Amadou Onana got dropped. We don't know yet why. Don't we? Don't know if it was tactical, if something had happened behind the mm. scenes, or later or any, training. Later training, okay. Mm. And that's how we responded. He had to come in, obviously, due to Garnagay's injury. In warm up, yeah. Yeah, and he puts in a fantastic performance. I thought second half he just grabbed that game. He controlled it. Technically, he's getting better and better. His tackling is second to none. And yeah, and special mention for me for Dominic Carvalho Lewin. How good was he today? What a player. What a player. Mm. Could, have had, could have had a goal or, or a few if uh, Luck was on his side today, but his hold of play, how he brings others into play, his mm. touch is getting better and better again. He, he, how he pins defenders, how he keeps the occupiers. He's a breath of fresh air. And seeing him fit, touch wood, and performing at this level, it, you, you see what you've missed, what mm. we've missed, and why we have had such struggles over the past few years when he hasn't been available. But to have him back, it's... It's fantastic. Mm, we've always said, haven't we, on this podcast that 
when you have Calvert-Lewin fit and firing, it's not just the goals that he adds to the Everton team. It's so much more. He brings the team up 10 yards. He gets the likes of Decorey into the game more, McNeil into the game more. He makes other players better because he helps us so much going forward. And I, I agree with you, mate. I echo your thoughts there. I thought Dominic Calvert-Lewin was absolutely fantastic. I thought he, he just... They couldn't handle him. They, they couldn't handle him, Bournemouth. They couldn't handle him in the air. They couldn't handle him with it when he had the ball. They couldn't handle him physical, physicality-wise. They just couldn't handle him. And I thought he was, I thought he was just ter- terrific. A, a proper, proper number nine performance that was today by Calvert-Lewin. He deserves all the plaudits. He deserved the standard ovation that he got. Yeah. He thoroughly deserved it. And the only thing that it was missing was a goal in reality. He was fantastic. Uh, another player that is obviously getting high praise on social media right now is that of James Garner. Bought into the central midfield this week by Sean Dyche. Obviously, Sean Dyche started Dwight McNeil and Harrison on the wings. It was obviously a very pleasant feeling to have two wingers playing Paul. We're not going to lie. Yeah. That's what we've been calling out for. A lot of Evertonians have been calling that out that for as well. Two wingers play in their natural positions. So James Garner comes in centrally, gets a goal. He was pretty instrumental in there, wasn't he, for the game? Probably the best player on the, on the pitch today, James Garner. Is he your man of the match? Yeah, I'd say so. I think he was, he was everywhere. Opened the score in, I think his passing, his passing range is the best we've got in our squad by far, and it, he's got that sort of tenacity about him. He doesn't mind putting a tackle in either, and yeah, I, I thought he was, he was outstanding today. I, it was a bit of a complicated decision by Daisha thought because second half last week when he got moved into midfield, it, nobody didn't look too good. Not not only him, Nana also next to him, and everyone in that second half against Luton. But to stick with him in midfield and the performance, again, paid back to, to the manager's belief on him. And he, that, as much as I like Idrissa Garnagay, you can't really go back from that midfield now because that midfield is, out of the last three times it's played together, twice it's dominated games against OK midfielders like Billing, uh, Douglas Luiz when we played against Villa. So it's... It's very complicated now for Daesh to go away from that and it's given him a sort of stability and and a sort of base to build around the midfield, James Garner and, and Amadou Onana. But yeah, Garner was outstanding. Last two times he's started centre midfield, he scored mm-hmm. the goal too. Yeah, he was, he was very, very good. I agree, mate. I thought he was fantastic. How much of a blessing do you think that Idrissa Garner injury was for, for Sean Dyche? Obviously, he, he opted to drop Onana, as we previously said, and he started Idrissa Garner in there with James Garner and the Curry. And it raised a few eyebrows before you know before the game, of pre-match. A lot of Evertonians were, you know, on social media especially, were not happy with, with that, obviously, until it obviously came out that obviously he was late for training. Some fans still felt that Dyche should have played, should have started him regardless. But nevertheless, Idrissa Garner-Gay goes off during warm-up with, with a knock. Onana comes in. How much of a blessing do you think that was for Sean Dyke? They looked so balanced, that midfield, didn't it? I'm not sure, because, again, can only really say that after we've seen Idrissa Garner play with James Garner midfield too, really. it's. I'm not sure it's a blessing, because depending on how serious that could be, that leaves a short, short, short number in midfield. But... It was a blessing, I thought, for Onana, if anyone. Just for point the, to prove. Yeah, with a point to prove. And I thought first half he was sloppy, like everyone. And I thought first half he, the decision may have still been in his head a bit. But once he got that off out of his mind, mm. he, he ran the show, really. So, yeah, mm. I think if it was a blessing for anyone, it was for Onana because it gave him 
bit of a fire and his belly on a sort of a point to prove, but mm. yeah, it it ended up working for Daish. Absolutely, it did, mate. Absolutely, I agree. I think the first half, we'll, we'll move on to the second half shortly, but the first half, I thought there were periods of a bit of tentativeness in the Everton team. They looked a little bit nervy, a little bit edgy, especially when it were whilst it was 1-0. We, we were giving Bournemouth a little bit too much for my liking, and I thought, you know what, let's, let's keep the foot on the throat, let's go for that second. And once that second went in, you felt just that everyone could breathe a little bit, especially the players. They started to play with a little bit more confidence, a little bit more freedom. The ground, you know, the nerves just disappeared from the ground as well. And, and I, I, you just noticed a completely different Goodison Park. And it, the second half, in reality, Paul, it was an absolute breeze, wasn't it, that second oh. half? They didn't lay a glove on us, did they, second half? No, second half, they didn't lay a glove on us whatsoever. I think, as I said before, second half, I thought we were outstanding. Um Created so many opportunities. Kept pushing for more, didn't we? Yeah, kept pushing, kept going. We were we were unlucky to not score four or five there, really. Mm. And yes, second half, I thought it's one of the best, probably the best half of football we played this season in mm. terms of just pure football. So yeah, it was really, really pleasing, and it was good to finally score a goal in front of the mm. Gladys Street. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hadn't seen a goal there for ages. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. And they celebrated right in front of you as well. So really, yeah. really pleasing moment. So we spoke about the forwards, you know, bar in mind, the second half, Decore's goal, you know, will take it all day long, all day long, no matter what Bournemouth fans are currently saying about their defensive lapses, their defensive issues, we will take it all day long. Massive 3-0 win, mate, massive three points. And what we're going to talk about now, mate, is the clean sheet. I'm so, so pleased that we've got a clean sheet, mate. I'm so satisfied with the clean sheet. We spoke about on this podcast for a long time, that Sean Dyche has been drumming that XG, you know, the goals expected. And Everton should be scoring more than what they have been. And and we've come on this podcast. I, I have especially, I've been coming on and saying as much as we feel that we're not scoring as many as we should, we're leaking goals, we're leaking a lot of chances. And I felt for a little while that needs to be shored up. We can't keep gifting teams goals. We're gifting poor teams goals. Two to Luton, two to Sheffield United. You, you get my drift. But today, mate... They, they never, bar pick maybe made a, a half decent save in the second half. They never really looked like scoring, did they? And Everton were pretty solid defensively. Yeah, we were solid defensively, I think. Defence, Jared Branthwaite, what a performance to sort of mm. celebrate your new Cappy's contract. New contract on. Yeah. Tarkovsky was sort of back, starting to get back to his performances, solid at the back. Young started with an early yellow card, but grew into the game, sort of like Brentford's away. And uh, Mikhailenko, I thought today had one of one of the one of his best games in in an Everton shirt. Thought he was very very good. So yeah, really really refreshing to have a clean sheet. Mm. We haven't had many lately. No, We're, no. Not, Pickford not will be whatsoever. delighted. Trust me. Pickford yeah, will be absolutely Pickford that delighted. And the centre half probably that's what when you're the centre half defender that's your bread and butter clean sheet. Mm. And then let the attackers do their job. But yeah, really pleased and mm. up the toffees. <laughs> You just spoke about Branthwaite and his, his new contract, Paul. Branthwaite signs a new long-term contract, four-year deal at Everton, rewarded for his performances from the start of the season and ultimately rewarded for his PSV Eindhoven performances last season and obviously protects a huge asset at Everton. Just how good do you think Branthwaite is and how high could he go? I've spoken about Branthwaite at length and I feel he could go right to the very top. Again, I thought today he was pretty good again. Very, well, in reality, he was very good again. Nothing looks too hard for him. That's what I'll always say. Everything looks quite easy. It looks like he's in gear three all the time. He's both footed, good in the air, powerful. 
made a couple of really strong tackles. He's happy to mix it with strikers or he's happy to back off. He's happy to go short and get the ball. I feel like he's got a good range of everything as a centre-half. And he, he keeps being compared to John Stones, doesn't he, by Evertonians. You see it on social media. They feel like you know he, he's got that kind of aura about him. Another really, really strong performance by Branthwaite today. How good and how happy are you? One, how good do you think he can be? And two, how happy are you that we've Everton, Everton foremost, have, have protected their, their asset there? Oh, he's very, very, very good. And he's only going to get better, I think. It's really his first full season playing Premier League football. I know he had played in the Premier League for us and he'd even scored, but as in being a regular, a starter in a, in a Premier League side, this is his first full season of it. And he's been he's been phenomenal. I think he's been so far our player of the season. Um, delighted to have him tied down to a long term contract, even if he isn't to stay for the amount of his for that full amount of his contract, which is going to be very 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 hard for Evan to keep hold of him. It secures the assets of you, as you said, and it allows Evan to demand the astronomical fee for him if they were to sell him in next summer or in two summers whenever it, whenever that time came so yeah delighted for him he's obviously he had the, the he was brave enough to go away go abroad play football test himself in the best in the best leagues in, in the Europa League in a league like the Dutch which is a lot which is about having the ball a lot and improving on that side of the game so yeah delighted for him and hopefully they can keep hold of him for quite a bit of time mm. Let's talk about Sean Dyche, Paul. A massive, massive win for Sean Dyche. And, and we've made no secret on this because you're a huge fan of Sean Dyche, as is Ben. We spoke about Sean Dyche's tenure in the week. We had a lot of guests in. We had a lot of podcasts about Sean Dyche and, and, and how big of a game this was for him. He got the three points. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Luton lose, Burnley lose, Sheffield United lose, obviously Bournemouth lose to Everton. Psychologically, how big of a win was this for Sean Dyche today? Oh, it was a massive win because I think you've mentioned earlier in the week you could either go in, going into the international break had there been three wins and four as it is, yeah, solid. So you sort of have the Luton as a one-off and it flips, just, doesn't uh, it? Yeah, and it just didn't go to plan. Or if you'd have lost, then it's all two wins in however many, ten or whatever, and you go into the international break coming on the back of the international break. Then you've got Liverpool away, the derby. And you're like, oh, is it time to make a change? Give someone two weeks with the players, but. 
yeah, it was a massive, massive win for him. He probably knew. He probably knew. He really, he had a lot of pressure going on onto that game. But yeah, the the players delivered for the manager. I think the manager got it right, especially especially once one it up. He didn't really sit back and sort of say, "Oh, let's settle for the one." They I'm going to give you credit. Two, three, four. I'm going oh, to give you. I'm going to give you some credit for once. You actually said in the week, and I I I thoroughly agreed with you. You said in the week. It's not about formation with Sean Dyche's Everton team. It's about the personnel. And you got it bang on, mate. You got it absolutely bang on. You did, mate. You got it bang on. You spoke about personnel. And I know that's very easy to say in terms of it's not all about formation. And obviously, I don't think Sean Dyche... Does he know his best 11? I'm not sure he does. I'm not sure he does. I think he, I think he probably knows eight of the 11. But I'm not sure he or nine of the eleven. I'm not sure he fully knows it, and that and that midfield area has been a real conundrum for Sean Dyche, especially this season. I think he's found it very, very difficult in his own mind to make the decision on who's going to play, who's going to sit out, and and I don't think the formation has been the issue. Sometimes I don't think it has been. I think it has been the personnel and the square pegs in the round holes. And you spoke about that in the week, and you said it's not about formation; it's about personnel, and just how balanced did Everton look? Look, we know what we are. We we know what we are as a football team. But just how balanced did we look with two natural wingers and three natural central midfielders? They just look so much more better with a proper number nine. They look more balanced. We know what we are. We know what we're capable of. We know what we're not capable of. So I was really, really pleased that Deutsch not bit the bullet because I think ultimately we needed Jack Harrison fit earlier in the season. But obviously, for, for obvious reasons, it wasn't it wasn't meant to be. But I'm really glad he, he allowed the players to, to play in their rightful positions and express themselves, and that's what they've done today. And, and they've proved today that they can put teams to the sword. They can beat these teams. And ultimately, we've spoke about it on this podcast for a very, very long time. You don't need to be a very good team to stay in the Premier League. You don't. You have to do the basics well. And Everton can do the basics well, which they proved today. They, they, they can. They can. Maybe not for a full 90 minutes yet. I don't think it was a full 90-minute performance. You know, let's not get carried away here. It was against a poor Bournemouth team. But nevertheless, they proved today they can score goals. They can keep a clean sheet. And when you play players in their correct positions, we do look a reasonably balanced team. A few question marks have been raised over Sean Dyche's substitutions, Paul. One of the substitutions that has been questioned quite a lot on social media was the change where he took Jack Harrison off and he brought on Nathan Patterson at right back and moved Ashley Young into right mid whilst having Dan Juma on the bench. Did you agree with that substitution? Or would you have liked to see Dan Juma come on in that sort of game? I, I think I would have. I would have liked to see Dan Juma come come on. I don't know if something has happened between the two. It seems like potentially it has for him to sort of drop any any kind of trust he had in, in Dan Juma. So, end of the day, if the manager doesn't, doesn't trust the player, if the manager doesn't think that the player is performing well in training, in his attitude's not right, whatever it may be, then as much as us fans want to see that player, it's, it's, he's not going to play. And I think uh, we've seen it before. We saw it with with Dean, with, with Benitez and James. We've seen it with Ancelotti. I think he had sort of a row with a player or definitely with the Corey and Lampard. I, I, no matter how much fans rate a player, if the manager thinks he's not, he's not performing in training or he's disrespecting his teammates, whatever it may be, then they're not going to play. But... I personally like to see Dan Juma get more minutes. I'd like to see them. If they have had an incident between them, I'd like to just see them come together and just say, OK, for the better of the team, we need to we need to get a grip, basically, mm. and just sort of work together. Mm. 
Massive win, mate. Absolutely massive win. It's man of the match time. Not prediction time. It's man of the match time. Who was your man of the match and why? I think you said you thought it was going to be James Garner. Yeah, I did say James Garner. I was thinking maybe Carver-Lewin, but no, James Garner, absolutely outstanding today. Mm, yeah, I think he was absolutely outstanding, mate. Yeah, I think Dominic Carver-Lewin or James Garner for me, I thought they were both very, very good performances from the pair of them. Fantastic performance. A fantastic win, guys, at Goodison Park for Everton. Everton run out 3-0 winners against Bournemouth at Goodison. A huge, huge win heading into international break. Depends which way you're looking at it. The Luton game still stings, no doubt about it. But three wins in four... Maybe, maybe. Anyway, enjoy the break. We will be back very, very soon. Enjoy the international break. Enjoy your weekend without Everton. We've got so much more content coming throughout the week. And then the following week, it is Derby week, and we have got a lot of content coming up on Derby week. But in the meantime, enjoy your weekend, Blues. Three points, three goals, and a clean sheet at Goodison Park. Take care and all the very best. Thank you. Mm -hmm.